0: Welcome to another episode of Own Your Choices, Own Your Life. And today we are speaking with entrepreneur, business growth coach, Kareen Walsh. Kareen is the CEO, entrepreneur, business advisor, business growth coach, published author of Be a Badass and Lead with Value, and the host of Your Badass Journey podcast. Kareen doesn't know how to turn off her solution-driven mind, so she is focused on how to monetize what she loves with what she does every single day. She has led her seven-figure consulting and coaching business the last eight years and is now venturing into a new entrepreneurial endeavor that will shape how businesses heal post 2020's pandemic year. Kareen loves to help other entrepreneurs grow and does that by offering group and elite one-to-one coaching programs to make sure they are leveraging her methods and no BS approach to building their business. This was a fantastic episode. There's going to be so many nuggets for the entrepreneurs, for the women, for the men that tune into these episodes. She shares so much value with you and what you can do to create shifts in your business, in your life, and to grow, especially as we're coming into this brand new year of 2021. I cannot wait for you to tune into this episode. Welcome to the show today, Karine. It's awesome to have you here. So great to be with you today, Marsha. All right, let's chat so people can get to know a little bit more about you. Where are you from?
1: I'm um, from born in New Jersey grew up in New York Mm -hmm. and then lived a lot of places, a lot of places. (laughs) (laughs) So I currently currently live in Connecticut, you you know, near outside New York. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay.
0: Awesome. And do you have a book that has had an impact on you?
1: A book that, that I have read Mm -hmm. that has an impact on me. Um, my favorite one when I was going through like my introduction to um self-help and self-development was A Return to Love by Marianne mm. Williamson. I love Marianne Williamson. Yeah.
0: What what was it about that book that made an impact for you?
1: Well, at that time, I would say when I read it, I think I was in my junior or senior year of college, mm-hmm. and my self-worth was shit (laughs) so i didn't ask you if i could curse on your show you absolutely can
0: and i love that you went right there go
1: go and so it was a great book to have i think my older sister um introduced it to me uh she told me like she had read it and she's like you should read this and i remember going through and being like i had no idea about these words around self-worth and self-love and like how to define it for myself and um, and really sit in what wasn't working at that time and, and recognize for myself that I had the power to change it. Like I had the power to, to make it better. And so mm-hmm. I think that's what that taught me. And I was fortunate that I learned that lesson, um, you know, in my early 20s because I I really didn't have a high value on myself at that time.
0: Oh, I so appreciate your honesty on this because we're going to dive into that. I think that that's a really, you were young to go through and realize some of those things, which has allowed you to create what you've created now. So I think it's really, really important. Do you have a quote or a mantra or something that grounds you or defines who you are? Um, I, I like
1: to lean into a quote that I came up with myself, which is don't let the limitations of others become your own how good is that? And
0: how appropriate is that? That's so good. That's so good. What drives you and what lights you up?
1: What drives me is, you know, I I would say, when I can help someone realize that they matter, I know you have mm-hmm. that in u s too too, yes, um, and know that all they need to do is get out of their own way <laughs> to do it, and sometimes I have to be that conduit as their coach mentor, advisor, or just friend.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: I would say that's that lights me up is helping people get on the other side of what other what obstacles they're facing, no matter what they're trying to achieve, you know, we always lean into fulfillment so I'd say that's what, that's what drives me.
0: That's so powerful because I think that I just find as a coach and I'm, I just from what I, how I have gotten to know you, do you find that you can see things in people before they can see it in themselves?
1: I I would say, yeah, I identify a lot with the, their best version of themselves before they even see it. Mm -hmm. So it, it, and I think that just comes from experience and exposure and like my own, work of being where they are i'm very um, uh, empathic like Mm -hmm. i i can feel where they're at but then i yes i think i do have an intuition and a foresight for where i know they can be so it becomes easy to dialogue um stand in this space with them but show them a route
0: out That's beautiful. That's beautiful. So you are somebody who really rewrote your self-worth story from a young age. As I said, some people will go their whole lifetime and not even realize that that was something that needed to be addressed. And you did that and then realized. I love how you said that you learned that you were hitting a glass ceiling at 23. Okay. Wow. Tell us about that. (laughs) I love it.
1: Yeah. So my career pathing, I found that at a young age, in order to feel what I considered at that time, freedom, was that I needed to charter a career course to earn enough to afford the life that I wanted without relying on anyone else. Like that was that was my goal at that time. I was very fortunate that I had my college years paid for, but I was told that once I graduated, I was on my own. And so at that time, of healing because home life wasn't the greatest emotionally, even Mm -hmm. though from the outside in, I could be seen as successful and had all the things and and was living a great life. was very much broken on the inside. Well, if you're broken on the inside and you're making decisions on what job to go into, what you would say yes to doing, how you how you actually perform in that job, the for me, I was um always a giver. So I would overextend myself anticipating recognition and anticipating that I would be um, you know, propelled forward for showing up in a way that exceeded someone's needs, that instead of getting the recognition accolades and moving forward, I was definitely stunted because people just saw that as, well, you're doing it anyway. We never asked you to. Or there was this energy of um, not really understanding what I was doing as overextending myself um, as opposed to just doing what the job entailed and then giving myself the opportunity for more, for someone else to show me more. This glass ceiling episode was quite interesting because I had joined this company. um, I had moved to San Francisco after graduating from school. So I went to school in D.C., Washington, D.C., packed two bags, had graduation money and just moved out to California. Wow. I have a network. I didn't. I mean, so I was 20, 21, 22 at the time. And I was going to figure it out. I was totally a go go getter, like Mm -hmm. (laughs) take the bull by its horns. And I knew if I didn't go. To California at that time, I would have never lived out west. I would have just come back to New York and like and stayed in the area and not explored more. And so when I was out there and navigating, a lot of things had happened, bad choices, <laughs> different, um, uh, you know, opportunities um, would show up. But then the one I said yes to was great in the beginning. I I actually didn't know what I was doing per most people. When they get into jobs, you don't know what you're doing. You just no. have the willingness <laughs> to try, right? Like, like Absolutely. Like, oh, I tell my clients all the time now, it's like we're all making shit up every single day. <laughs> all of us, you know, it's just the willingness to do it. And then the follow through when you say you're going to do something right. That makes it happen. At the time I became a systems analyst. I was never in technology. I had a business degree, but I had an aptitude for technology and I, took a system analyst job at a bank and it was great because it was exposure. It was in technology in the late 90s. You know, dot com stuff was just happening. So, yeah, guys, I'm 45. I got some years on me
0: that, <laughs> that I've got morning, more on me, so it's all good.
1: <laughs> yeah, but it's like this is the start of the career, right? Like you just don't know any better. So you say yes, you say yes to opportunities. Your 20 should be about exploration. Absolutely. And I was in the job about um, I think it was about eight, seven and seven and a half, eight months, and my managers changed. And this new uh, manager came, and I was actually very excited about it because I was like, oh my gosh, it's a woman. I'm going to be able to learn from her. She's going to show me how to navigate this company. Like I had been mm-hmm. making shit up every single day very successfully, but I was also burning myself out because I really didn't know what I was doing. So I had to overextend in order to just get the job done. And then I became reliable. People were relying on me. So I was actually on call like 24-7. I didn't want that. That was not in my job description. And I, I think at the time I was making like thirty five or $38,000 a year for... Killing oh, yourself working. Yeah. And then my health started to take a toll. Mm-hmm. And to the point where I ended up in the ER, even because my system totally shut down on me. Wow. <laughs> and I still was worried about showing up for work the next day. That's how much I disconnected who I truly was for a job, for mm-hmm. the check, right? And so when this new manager came in, I was so excited. And um, a few months had gone by. I had scheduled a one-on-one with her. I'm like, this is my opportunity to show her what I was hired for, which was like a really short bulleted list Mm -hmm. and really go through all the things I was doing. Like it was twice as much as what the job actually was. And all I was asking her for was a growth opportunity. I'm like, can you tell me now that you see all that I've been doing how can I grow within the company? Like what other opportunities might there be that would be a fit? And that was, that was my question. I'm like, in my 20s, I should be thinking about my career growth, right? Yeah. She turns to me and goes, I don't know what you're complaining about. What you're doing is your job. Just keep doing it. Oh. Oh. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so here That's you saw yeah, you were going to be getting some not like coaching but mentorship guidance, from some mm-hmm. mentorship,
1: growth pathing. I'm at the start of my career and Plus hungry. Another woman. Mm-hmm. You know, so I was like, "Oh, she gets it." Like she gets how hard it is to navigate in this industry. Like hopefully I'll learn and be shown the way. And and because I had had so much stress and so many health issues and I was holding on and holding on and hoping that the system would work for me. Mm -hmm. in order to recognize all my efforts and help me advance. That then I saw that immediately. No, like it was like a straight up wall. Like if I could put a visualization in a cartoon manner, I would see all these bricks just showing up right in front of me between me and her and then encasing me with a ceiling up above me and just being boxed in. And I realized I was like, no one's going to stop me from the growth that I want to have for myself. Mm -hmm. And if this system is not going to allow me to grow within it, then I've outgrown the system and it's time for me to move on. And so that meeting was on a Thursday. I resigned that Monday. I didn't know where I was going to go to next, but I knew that I had to be out of that environment Mm -hmm. to find the right fit for what was next and to also make sure that my selection on company that I choose to go to next had a growth model to it. It was just like a really hard lesson learned of what not to do Mm -hmm. but also gave me a lot of skills and the ability and credibility of in my work to sell myself resume wise for that next position and and that's what happened i did and by the i think it was like october when i resigned i didn't get my next gig until maybe january february of the next year so i had to scrape and like work things out with my roommate (laughs) and like make sure we were all good like financially i had some money aside but still like you can make it happen you can get resourceful towards mm-hmm. the things you want to go to next and then that next job that i the company i joined within 5 years i went from business analyst to senior acqu- senior director of mergers and acquisitions like talk about growth trajectory exponentially I found the right company that was willing to invest in my own growth and allow me to shine
0: and grow with them you know, wow. So. Wow. Yeah. So many entrepreneurs that I talked to, they have that, that point, that tipping point where they all of a sudden realize this is not where I want to stay. I don't know what it's going to look like over here and I don't have it figured out, but it's not worth staying in this space. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely. Yeah. You have to realize
1: like, what have you outgrown?
0: <laughs> you know?
1: And, and I think that a lot of the times it's, it's like wearing the same pair of pants from like you know, seventh grade <laughs> like, like they, and try to walk around in them and look good, right? Like, I would look hella silly doing that and it would not be comfortable, right? Because it just doesn't fit. So, your career is the same thing. Your growth in your business is the same thing. We're always going through growth spurts and we have to allow ourselves to recognize what we've outgrown and agree with ourselves that we are continuously developing. That's Mm -hmm. what I share with my clients all the time. It's the methods I love to put in place. it's what I share in my two books, like how, because I found that when I embraced, I will always be growing. I will Mm -hmm. continuously be learning and developing. Everything else becomes so much easier to let go or move on from and also include and embrace what's new.
0: Okay, so first off, I want to unpack one thing you said there, which I think is really, really important for anybody who's listening, is that if you're always embracing growing, And learning and changing, that means it's not always comfortable. Like a lot of people are like, but that's really hard. I'm like, but that's the constant. Like that is actually the constant that keeps happening. And when we actually open ourselves up to all of the possible changes and things that are happening, that's when the magic actually can happen. Like, so is that, when did you go into your own entrepreneurial journey? So
1: um, when I left that second job where I became, you know, director of mergers and acquisitions, that had me like flying from I lived between New York, San Francisco, and Denver, like for two years, mm. in this whirlwind, which was great. I I I worked it out because I led the teams that I was managing, so I built virtual practices back then. Now that everyone's experiencing it now, I've been doing it, you know, since my um, mid twenties. The the decision to leave that company was when I ended up back in San Francisco, I had to shut down our offices in Colorado, move everything to San Francisco. And I really didn't want to continue on the path when I looked upwards within that company. Mm -hmm. And when I looked at what that company was about, I didn't feel aligned with it anymore. Mm -hmm. And so I said, you know what, to myself, I was like, I need to go on a different journey. (laughs) And I basically resigned from my high-level paying job um, and bought a house in Colorado uh, because at the time, Colorado, uh, Denver was less expensive than San Francisco. Um, And I enjoyed my lifestyle out there. I really Mm -hmm. liked how I felt and the dryness and the high altitude. It just seemed to work for me. Um, And I basically relocated and decided at that point when I researched the market in Colorado, I was like, you know what? working for myself would actually be more advantageous than going and joining another company at this point. I had built up so much experience that I knew that I could go in and out of different client projects mm-hmm. and um, extend myself in a way that they would benefit faster. I would get paid more than I would in you know, an hourly uh, or a, a day job, like a committed yeah. full-time job. And so that was the first time I... Went out on my own. Like I ran my own um, consulting company. It was just me, Um, but I had to put all the things in place of finding my clients, closing my contracts, like doing the work and really showed me what was possible. Um, And also to maximize my cash flow. That's when I started to focus a lot on my financial wealth as well as my uh, my
0: health. Like that, that was in parallel in my 30s. Yeah. That's awesome. And they they started to really see how they they're both important. They're both very yeah. important. Yeah. yeah.
1: And I'll tell you, you know, that that went on for about 5 years. Um and then I went back to corporate. So I've done I've done the back and forth thing because again, those growth spurts that we were talking about earlier I had done everything I could working for myself and um, I was in Colorado for those five years, had different contracts, different places. It was awesome. I got a lot of certifications, just kept developing myself to sell myself Mm -hmm. through these projects. And then when I moved back to the East Coast to marry my husband um, and and assess the market here, consulting was much more saturated Mm. and I found it easier at the time. I wanted to focus on my marriage, my relationship and I was like, you know what? I think it's time for me to go back to full-time work for someone else so that I can also focus on these other things. Yeah, so I'm all I- about integrating what's best for me and the format of which it happens. I kind of shrug my shoulders at if your listeners could see me. I'm like, man, yeah. like if it's a full-time job, it's a contracted job. Like at that time... I really wanted more stability on the finances Mm -hmm. so that I could focus on my relationship. So I like to say that my wedding was sponsored by (laughs) that company at that time. (laughs) Thank you very much.
0: Thank that's you very much. <laughs> oh my God. That's so awesome. But that's great. I love how you're explaining that and how that yeah. is just, it. there's a dance in knowing what do you need at different points in your life and not overthinking it, not judging it, and really just listening to what you need. I love what you talked about. You've written, first off, you've written two books. Yeah. Tell us about your books.
1: So my first book is um, called Be a Badass, Six Tools to Uplevel Your Life. And it basically, badass is an acronym. Mm -hmm. And um, it helps you leverage the tools I use for that continuous growth model. So that's all about self-development. The second book is Lead with Value. And it's really for leaders to find the value exchange in everything they do because, um, and that's more of a book of, I believe when you've mastered your own self, you tend to want to go into a leadership role of some sort, whether it's leading in your community, becoming a coach, advisor, like there's leadership tends to turn on when you are aligned with who you're meant to be. So this the Lead with Value book is sharing a lot of the case studies of the work I've done in my, um, with my corporate clients, as well as um, my own journey of becoming a seven figure business owner um so that others can benefit from those tools as well and i have a lot of facilitated exercises in there on how to really lean into your value as a leader. Oh i love
0: that. I love how you said that like really that leadership switch almost turns on when you've come through that. I that you know no i don't think maybe i just haven't received it that well before but i love how you said that. I think that's a really beautiful thing. And you talked about that let's talk about the end of 2020 yeah. and coming into 2021 and you're talking in, you. we spoke a little bit about how businesses need to heal or mm-hmm. moving forward and what that's going to look like this year. What insight or thoughts do you have on the journey that we've come through and where we're going?
1: Yeah. So I think that the 2020 pandemic year was really a forced check-in <laughs> for Mm -hmm. everybody. Mm -hmm. Like every single person had to either check in on how they're standing in their personal life and and then how they're standing in their career life or the business that they own, right? Like I I encompass career life, whether you're a full-time employee and or run your own business, it's your career. It's what you want to be known for. That is what your career life is. And I think that um, the beginnings of it was really survival mode for a lot of people. And might still be for a lot of people if they haven't taken the time to really assess who do they want to be in the environment we're in right now. Mm-hmm. And when I was working with all my different clients in the past year, and I did a lot of you know cons- like pro bono consulting calls with a lot of different people to help them navigate how to step into the environment we were in last year and also now entering this one we're going to it's going to be the same um mm-hmm. as last year what we have now though is a lot of learning we have a lot of learning of what works and what doesn't work in an environment like this <laughs> right we have we have the virtual learning sure we've all got new tools and skill sets from that time but then there's this there's a healing that needs to happen. And the reason why I I bring up that word, I even had a call with one of my clients a few weeks ago and he's like, this is like business therapy for me. Like our, our time together. He's like, I just get to have like this time where I can unload everything and know it's okay and find solutions with you and still move forward in the best aligned way that I know how. And I think more and more, we need that. We need the space to heal from the things that did not work, that are continuously not working, and find the solutions on how to let that go, heal ourselves, and move forward together. And it, it is in our businesses as well. Consumerism has changed. The habits at which we buy things and what we'll say yes to has changed. How how people market to us and how we choose as business owners to market to our ideal clients is shifting because our behaviors are mm-hmm. shifting. So we need to be more conscious and and innovative on how we approach, you know, what does it really mean to build, run and serve our client base and and assist each other during this time.
0: Yeah, I you just said so many nuggets there that are so so good. Honestly, I love that in the sense that we do have to heal We do, we will communicate with our customers differently. There's an awful lot of noise out online right now and there's only going to be more. So people are like, well, how do I stand out? I'm like, well, it's only going to be more. It's only going to be more because people are trying to figure out how to pivot, shift and what they're going to do with their business. And part of what I add to that sometimes is like, we really have to know and find our own voice and speak clearly and share who we are. Like know, like, and trust is so important. You have to find ways to show up right now because people are watching to see like who is consistent, who is still showing up, and, and who, who can is they there. Trust,
1: right? Because mm-hmm.
0: the filters are required.
1: I think now more than ever. Like I, I was thinking of doing a po- uh, an episode on my podcast, even on like the importance of filters. Not only like wearing a mask during, you know, COVID times is a filter for to, for you to protect yourself health wise. There are so many digital filters now. You have to turn on. And I also encourage people to go and create the space that you're inviting people in so that you're connecting with who you need to connect with to get through this time. We are constantly getting talked at Marsha, It's like, it's, it's, I go and I scroll social and I'm only on there briefly Because I cannot, I have to have the filter on. I cannot take it in. And when I constantly see people just talking at me, I mean, that's what an Insta story is. It's just like talking at you, talking at you. Where's the engagement? Mm -hmm. So I think where we're moving towards in this year is how do we actually create the digital and virtual communities that you can know, like, and trust, as well as where can you engage more to show up in all your best self and lower the energy against the absorption of just what's what's not a fit. So use your filters. Like if you haven't gone through for your listeners, if you haven't gone through and unfollowed people (sighs) that are not aligned or mute them, there's now a mute option if you don't know about that, but like get them out of your feeds. If Mm -hmm. you have emails that you've subscribed to that no longer are the content of the things that you're into unsubscribe. Mm-hmm. If you know that there's someone you want to and always feel good when you're interacting with them, go and subscribe and follow the heck out of them. Let them know you're following so that they can understand that you are actually lifting them up and you matter in your, they matter in your ethos, right? Mm-hmm. It, it is so critical to take control. And I would do a monthly inventory check on all of that. You know, like it changes so drastically what our needs are but do the work yourself to say, what are my needs? What am I trying to go after? And then go find that and only surround yourself with those things from a digital standpoint.
0: Yeah, I think that that's really powerful advice. I I am very very selective about being on and what I do and I am when I do post I'm very intentional about what I post. Okay. Then I go back on and I will engage and put comments on people's things that I know like trust connect with, share things of value and then I'm like, "Nope, we're done." Like it's just a really it's an it's an in and out touch base. And I've had people say that to me, "How can you like how do you do that? How do you just get in and out?" And I'm like, "It's it's not that it's always perfect because it isn't, but there are definitely times where I can feel like, whoa, 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 how long have I been on here? And what am I doing? No, this is not, this is, you know, you have to be able to, it's not about consumption. To me, it's not about consumption because if we get stuck in that track, then it's very hard to continue to find our own voice and our own message.
1: Yeah. yeah. It's, yeah. it's junk food for the mind, honestly. Like
0: oh, it it's like, so it's good. good,
1: right? <laughs> Like it's total junk food. Like you know how that makes your body feel. Mm-hmm. That's the junk you're absorbing through your mind, and mm-hmm. that actually has a, a longer lasting effect when you're uh, digesting all this this digital junk food because your mind is what has to stay the cleanest for you to make the best decisions for yourself. Yeah. When we talked about self worth at the start of this, mm-hmm. if you are feeling that the outside is what dictates what your insides should feel, then I'm sure your junk food factor is really high. It's really, <laughs> really high. You're absorbing Because you're constantly looking for something else to fill the void you're feeling from within. Mm-hmm. And if you can face what that void is and then decide how you want to fill that up. I guarantee you'll, you'll put those filters on saying no and muting the people that aren't aligned with you becomes so much easier because you've now realized what you're worth, what your time is worth, what your mind is worth, and you'll only absorb those things that lift you up.
0: There's again, so you're just so right on and so powerful with what you're saying. I think that as I've had clients say this, and I'm sure you've heard this, but they'll say, but I, I don't know, I'm not doing it as well as she does, or I can't do this. And I'm like, if you go onto social media and get stuck in comparison, you absolutely have to come off. You absolutely, because A, you have no idea what their story is. I promise you, you don't, you think you do, you don't have a clue because they're only showing you a snapshot in time. And B, if you are always in a state of comparison, you're always in a state of lack. You're always in a state of never enough. And yeah. that is not any kind of abundance mindset either.
1: No, it's so true. And I think if when you're sitting in any sort of comparison, I would look at it and say, what am I, where am I needing to grow Mm -hmm. versus they're doing something better than me? And ask yourself, is that thing that I'm attracted to something I want others to be able to say about me? Then ask yourself, well, how do I achieve that for myself? Mm-hmm. Because that person, I guarantee the person you're admiring that is that you're thinking is doing it so much better is degrading themselves in their own head, thinking it's not 100%. enough, comparing themselves to someone else. And it's all, frankly, bullshit, like in the, <laughs> it's in total the, bullshit. In the whole spectrum of things, how you feel about yourself is what matters most. And whenever you're doing the things that drive you down or make you feel less than or, or shift your energy, and you know, you guys know what an energy shift feels like when it's for the higher and for the lesser. Mm-hmm. And if it's not for the higher, then definitely check yourself. So if you're not sure what that looks like, then do a little exercise of when you're on the socials, give yourself a timer on your phone. When the timer goes off, get off of it and then do a journaling exercise and ask yourself, how did that last five minutes make me feel? Mm-hmm. What did I walk away with? And if you're feeling less than, if you're like, oh, I feel really shitty about myself. I don't know why I, sh- I'm- I matter. I'm not sure how to share who I am. Get off the socials. Uh, do find yourself a coach, a mentor, or somebody to work with and get grounded in who you truly are. Mm-hmm. To then start representing and attracting in what it is that you truly value. I mean, mm-hmm. that's what matters most. What oh, you value.
0: It's so good. That is so good what you're saying. So, give a message to somebody who's listening who, when you think of Kareem at 23 and yours or 22, let's go there, and mm-hmm. your self worth feelings compared to now and what is possible. What message would you like to give to somebody listening? to know, like, yes, you can change your self-worth story. Yeah. Any thoughts on that?
1: Well, I would say, first and foremost, to so that um, 22, 23-year-old, is what you truly believe on the inside is matters. And mm-hmm. it is so true. Because I'll tell you that I second-guessed a lot of things and still moved forward in toxic environments because I thought that's what was supposed to happen in order to progress, right? Like, again, it was outward. It was this outward um, desire for career growth, climb the corporate ladder, like, you know, pay your dues, energy, but on the inside was crushed, and I wasn't listening to that version of me telling me this is not right, Karen. I mean, you shouldn't be sick over this job. Like you shouldn't be almost wanting to pass out at your desk. Like you shouldn't. All these messages and these signs, and when your body starts to fail you too, it's that's when you really you. It's forcing you to pay attention because you didn't listen to that inner voice. Mm-hmm. So I would say listen and trust your inner voice, and if you don't know how to listen to it just journal on it and write out what your deep thoughts are that no one else would read and trust that that's the direction you need to go for yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, The second thing is that, you know, your twenties are meant to be stupid and like try new (laughs) things, (laughs) (laughs) right? Like you're supposed (laughs) to try things. You're supposed to test things out. Like that's your time for learning your, your chops. Right. And so don't be afraid to try new things, take a big, big leap into what it is that you want to go for. And if there's someone that has done it, that's gone ahead of you, tap that person on the shoulder and understand what it took them to actually get to where they are. Don't just see them on top of the mountain because I guarantee it took a big climb for them to get there.
0: Oh, a hundred percent a huge climb for them to get there. Knowing everything that you do and all the lessons that you've shared with us, what impact do you want to create and continue to create in the world? So,
1: I mean, you know, I'm similar to you, Marsha, where it's like, I want every person that crosses my path to know that they matter, mm-hmm. like it, it Absolutely. is at the core of me. Um, the second is not only do they matter, but that they can truly achieve whatever it is they want, because the how can always be figured out. And for me to have my ripple effect of impact is to consistently be that conduit to help them get there. So all my business decisions and all the the businesses I own, as well as how my coaching stance is, when I'm an advisor in a startup, it is really grounded in that foundation with all that I do. I don't, Mm -hmm. I'm not here to dictate. (laughs) I see myself as a true conduit for other people's gifts to shine and achieve whatever it is they want in a high,
0: high fulfilling way. Mm. Oh, that's so beautiful. That is so beautiful. Where is the best place for people to connect with you, follow you? Where do you hang out the most?
1: So um, if, if we are on the socials hanging out, feel free to follow me because I'm I'm very real. <laughs> I love <laughs> your real. I love your realness. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm so real. Um, but on Insta, it's at Kareen Z Walsh. Mm-hmm. And then for professional connections, I'm on LinkedIn. And so that's Karine Walsh. And then you could check out any ways, which ways do you want to work with me or learn from me or grab my books, et cetera, at kareenwalsh.com.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that. I have one more question for you. What lesson in life are you most grateful for?
1: I mean, we shared a really good one, which is around limitations. Um, let me think if I have another one that I'm so grateful for. Another one is you can always be where you are today, so why not try? (laughs) Oh,
0: I like Like, that.
1: That was really like a big propeller for me. It was like even in the scariest moments, the biggest contracts I've ever closed, the big career moves, the moves across country, I always said to myself, like I realized like I could always come back to exactly what I'm doing right now. Mm -hmm. And it gave me such certainty to just try.
0: Yeah. See, that's a, I know we both have a similar mentor, but in Chris Harder, I've heard him say before, like if you're living your worst case scenario already, like if, if things don't work out and you come back to living exactly like you do now, that's your worst case scenario. And I'm like, that's right. This is exactly what we're doing. So we can figure out anything.
1: Yeah. yeah. So always be where you are today. Mm-hmm. So why not try? Mm-hmm. So that's
0: oh. that, it's that easy. So good. So good. Thank you so much for being here today and for dropping so many nuggets for the listeners. I'm so grateful for you. I'm
1: grateful to be on your show. Thank you for allowing me to share with your listeners and just a really, I adore you and I love our connection. Me too. Thank you so much.